Um, but yeah, hey, what's up, you guys? <laughs> Howdy, folks. Howdy, folks. I think about that JetBlue Harry Styles sketch probably once a day. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, but yeah, I'm Liza. I'm Rist. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping and so much reading, his brain dried up and he went completely out of his mind. What are you reading? Are you reading anything right now? Um, I'm reading Horror Store right now. Do you like it? I do. Nice. It's the, the, the one thing I don't like about it, and this is just me being like a weirdo, is um, like other artists did all the work. Like if you buy Horror Store, I think that you're buying that. Like, yeah, Grady Hendrix, but you're also buying it because it's like, cool. You look at that and you're like, wow, that looks like a really cool friggin' book. Yeah. And it is, but like, it's not because of him. And like, we don't know the people who, I mean, it says it in there who made it, but they're not getting the credit for it. He is. Right. That's so true. I didn't, I never even thought of that. But um, I thought he made it all himself because he seems like the type who would, but. Right, but he didn't. That's besides the point. Loves. Loves. Um um it might be kind of loud in here whenever you uh edit this because i have all my acs going and my fans well one ac and my fan but i don't hear it so i don't think that uh, it, it would pick up well that's good then well that's good to know i've been really missing aruba oh my god i miss aruba I wish I was just submerged in the beach at Tris Treppi or Boca Catalina or Arashi right now. Looking at sea turtles. Looking at turtles. Little fishy, the striped ones. I love those little striped ones. Being with our Nan. Nan is the best friend in the world. Nan is the best friend in the sea. Oh, oh so Nan, she's so cute. Where are you, Shnan? Um, speaking of wanting to be submerged in the water, though, where is it? What was our theme this week? Our theme for this week is heat. Bitch, I fucked up. Why? (laughs) No, it's still fine, but I literally, we just posted the water episode. That's why I paused for a minute, because I was like, I don't see the connection. But then I realized, I was like, oh, heat, you want to be in the water. That's what I thought you were going for. No, I'm just dumb, but that works too. (laughs) I'm just silly. I was like, mm. uh, no, but I do miss the Aruba heat too because in New York, probably in Buffalo too, it's just sticky and hot. But in Aruba, it was like windy and hot. Yeah, <laughs> which is better than being stagnant and hot, in my opinion. Yeah, and and the wind isn't like <sighs> you're at the park. It's a hot day in New York. The wind blows and it's hot. It's heat. Right. The air in Aruba, it's not, it doesn't feel hot and sticky. It, it like the big gust of wind doesn't feel like hot air. It feels cool. It does. But yeah, our theme is heat. It's not, it's not water. That was last week, but the two are connected. And both of them remind us of a Shruba, a Shreba. Reba. Ashruba, Ashruba. Ashruba, Ashruba. So, what'd you read, Sliza? I read a cheeky little book um, 
called New Animal by Ella Baxter. Um, it's super cool. It has a hot pink cover, which I always like. It's her debut novel. Um, and I was just telling Marissa as we were starting that I was looking at this woman's website and she's not only an author, but she's an artist and she makes, so her website reminds me a lot of Marissa's website and the concept of being an artist and a writer just reminds me of Marissa in general, but she makes, looks like three different kinds of arts, one of which being death shrouds, um, handmade textile artworks to enshroud loved ones as they transition through the final ritual or burial or cream of burial or cremation, um, which I love. I love the concept of death shrouds um, in general. And then she makes cocoons. So um, let me pull up the receipts about inspired by the process of raising silk moths and watching the incredible spiraling used to spin silk cocoons. These ephemeral sculptures are made from natural and locally sourced materials. And they're literally cocoons that like low key are human sized. They're so weird. So cool. And then the last thing she makes are things she calls timids, which are so strange. They're full coverage hats for people who are nervous or shy. These masks were made to resemble the aesthetics of the theater of the grotesque, incorporating aspects of the anti-naturalist movement. They are exclusively for timid people. Um, I'm going to send Marissa the link to these right now because I know she would love them. Sounds so cool. But what a weird lady. I love her. Um, that all now makes sense thinking about what the book, some of the things the book talks about, which I'll get into. But yeah, that's my book. New Animal by Ella Baxter. How insane. Um, yeah, I have mad respect for people who are doing multiple things because it's hard. Mm-hmm. 12 phone calls. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I read a book called, um, I don't think you guys have heard of it actually. It's like really obscure. Um, it's definitely not like super popular right now or anything. Um, it's called Wilder Girls and it's by Rory Power. And um, yeah, it is trending right now. Um, so I told the story last week, but then I ended up cutting it out of last week's episode. So I'm going to say it again. Um, when I went to get this book, I got two other books with it and I was really excited about the two other books, but I was iffy on this one. Um, but I decided to read it because I did an Instagram poll and it won. So, um, yeah, if you follow us on Instagram, guys, sometimes you can pick what we read. Isn't that kind of cool? Um, but so I went up to the cash register and I was cashing out and my cashier was like, this book was so good. I loved it. You're going to love it. And I was like, that made I don't know. Sometimes it's just like the little things and it just made me so excited to read it. Um, I also just love the color, the the cover for this book, but also the cover, because, um, I do think that it's important to have a fun spine. Um, so if you haven't seen the cover, there's a girl on the front cover and she looks like she's in threads. Um, and there's like plants coming out of her, of her, of her in between. Um, and the background is like this beautiful, like green, it almost looks like it's it's got like an oil water effect kind of um and just so beautiful and I was like ah now I'm so excited to read it just because this man said that to me so thank you dear cashier um I was saying before we got cut off that I we love booksellers we love a bookseller we I I love when I'm cashing people out and I'm like Oh my God, like what a fun cover. This is beautiful. You know what I mean? I think that stuff counts. It does. It really does. Because if if I was, I don't, like I said, well, yeah, I was buying a book and someone said that to me and it made me really like excited for the book. I think it's just the little things that count. It's the little thing. I won't let these little things slip out of my mouth. If I do. It's you. <laughs> it's you. 
they add up to? Well, heat, hot. Both of our books just have like heat imagery or like illicit feelings of heat. I will say I was iffy on mine in the beginning. Like I was like, I don't know how I'm going to fit this into the, th into the theme. And then as I got through it, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool and interesting. And I did that on accident. Slay. Slay. Um, I'm excited to hear about your book because I kind of want to read it just based on the cover. So um, I think you'd like it. So yeah, Wilder Girls, Rory Powers. So pretty much there is a bunch of ladies who they're at um, a kind of boarding school, summer camp type thing on an island when a sickness of some kind breaks out and they call it the tox. Um, not to be confused with when you send your friends TikToks. <laughs> no, this is T-O-X. Um, and it, it, how this um, sickness works is it makes strange things happen to your body. So um, there's, there's one girl who has, who grew another spine. There's one girl who has two hearts. And she's like, oh, it's going to make me live longer. I'm like, Bessie, you're probably going to die quicker. Two hearts. Let's be real. Um, there's another girl who um, her eye is like fused shut. Um, one girl, her hand is like it's turned like silver. The one girl grew gills, like all this really cool stuff. Um, and so they're dealing with that. And the main character, her name's um hetty her best friend by it goes missing and she now has to leave the gates of school and the comfort and go out into like the forest of this island and search for her so real crazy real silly um I hope that was enough of a little taste to make you want to read it. Um, for readability and interest, I'm going to give it like a seven because it's it's interesting and I wanted to know what happened. But I think just the time that I was reading it, there's just a lot going on where I, I didn't like it wasn't really playing on my mind that much. And I wasn't like dying to read it. So not that much. But yeah, but seven. And. I would say it is, which, okay, I didn't realize this. So this book is YA, but it has lots of swear words in it. And I was like, I didn't know you could swear in YA. So does, does that mean it's not YA? I, I don't know. But I thought that was cool, I, which this is besides the point. But one of the things when I was younger, um, the Maze Runner always one of my favorites probably probably my favorite YA and one of the things I really really liked about it is it didn't always feel like a YA because he snuck in swear words the kids weren't exactly swearing but they had made up their own language to swear and I was always like that's so cool but yeah with this one they're actually swearing there's the f word there's the b word lots of words happening but yeah so even though it's a YA it moves, or not even though, but because it's a YA, it moves really fast. Um, I moved through it real fast. And the font is a little bit bigger than what I've been reading, which we know that I'm obsessed with that. I love it. So yeah, I got a seven. Also, guys, my house is always noisy. <laughs> you hear that? That's Sylvie playing on his, uh, he's got a little like Pac-Man machine. So that's what that is. For language and style, I'm also going to give this a seven. Actually, you know what? I wrote a seven. I'm going to give it an eight because I was thinking about it and there's nothing really wild happening, but sometimes the girls say things that I'm like, 
it doesn't feel like something that they would actually not doesn't feel like something they would actually say but it doesn't just things that like they're just really beautiful things and they happen like that um there's a lot of good uh rory has a lot of good sensory things in here for example i can't find exactly where it is um but the one girl bites someone she says that her mouth is wet and sticking which is just like that's so good that is so good um so there's so many good sensory details in here but i don't know if it's i don't know if it's fully like a distinct style it would be interesting to read um burn our bodies down that's her that's Rory's other book for form. I don't really have much to say about form, so I'm not going to rate it, but there are a couple things that I do want to talk about. First off, one of my favorite things that I miss happening in books is we get a map guys. We get a map of, of Raxter Island. I friggin' love a map. I love to see what I'm looking at and it's easy in like a small setting like this, but love it. Another thing to notice is it's split up by point of view and it's not like it switches off every other chapter. It'll be a good section of chapters in one point of view and then it will switch to the next character. For example, this starts with Hetty and it is, I think, six chapters of her point of view, which is a good 100 pages into the book. And then you're at Byatt's point of view for only a couple, then it switches back to Hetty. And so it switches by point of view, and that's kind of how it's sectioned off, which I think is an interesting way to do it, because sometimes as a writer, I get stuck writing one point of view, and I'm like, if I could just, like, I could see how this other character would go through this scene, but not how the one that I'm writing for some reason. Maybe it would be good to switch off at that point. That's something interesting that I just never thought about. For shelf worthy, read again. Yeah, I'm gonna give this like a seven. I I'm definitely gonna keep it on my shelf. And I definitely think this is a book that you want to buy. Um, could you borrow it? Of course, totally. It's always fun to borrow books, but this is something that I feel like I want to have. And especially with YAs, we've talked about it before, you kind of get attached to the characters. And it's like I don't know. I just can't see myself borrowing a book like this and getting attached to the characters like how I did with these characters and then having to return the book. That just seems so silly. And like, I don't know, what if each book has their own characters? And then if I if I buy the book after I borrowed it, then I'm like, then they're different. They're not my characters, even though they are. I don't know. Weird things. But either way. So I would buy it instead of borrowing it. I'm going to keep it on my shelf. I think I definitely would read this again. It It's not something that as soon as I finished it, I was like, oh, I need to read this again. It was more something like, I think I'm going to have to wait a while and then I'm going to miss them and then I'm going to want to read it again. For plot, I gave this a nine because I think this, this sickness that, that's happening is so different it's unlike anything that i've ever thought about or read about in a book i think um the characters are uniquely their own in a way i didn't realize this when i bought it and i didn't know this um this book is gay this book is very gay and which I do have some issues with not not that it's gay I just I was I thought that the one girl had a crush on this other girl and then it turned out she was with a different girl and I was just a little bit confused on that because I was like she definitely likes her best friend she's definitely in love with her best friend and then she's like no she's like my sister and then she kisses this other girl. And then I was like, oh, I was a little bit, conf- I was a little bit confused. <laughs> but that was my only like thing that I had where I was really like, huh? Uh, another thing I want to talk about for plot is 
the way that the world is built, well, along with just the girls being girls, these are just teenage girls. And they were thrown into the situation where they now have to like learn a different structure, a different role. Like they're suddenly not, they can't talk to their parents. This the school thing doesn't feel temporary anymore. It's been a year and a half where they're dealing with this sickness. There are certain times a day they get fed that are different, um, less food. They each have different roles. They have gun shift. They do shooting. There are people who have boat shift. There's all these different things that they're now just thrown into. Besides, you know, the world that was built um, by Rory, besides the kind of rules that she set for the girls or for herself, besides the world building, if you simply just look at these girls, they are just teenage girls. And and I think about it because I'm like, this is like I went to school with all girls. What if I was locked? Like, what if this happened to me at my school? I would be one of the first to go. <laughs> I would be one of the first. I would run out the gates and into the woods and just let. Ooh, which this is cool. Liza will like this. Uh, there's this one part where they're they they see deer. And they're like, oh, it's just deer. They're just harmless deer. And also the animals get affected by this disease too. And the deer opens its mouth and it's got like coyote fangs. <laughs> I I don't know. If I saw a deer with coyote fangs, I would piss my pants. I would piss my pants. Which like deer are so harmless, but they're one of those animals that I'm like, something's off about you. So, yeah, I I just think that to not only have this crazy world that she built, but to also have these girls still feeling just like teenage girls, I thought it was really, really well done. For characterization, I'm going to give it like an eight. I liked the character again, and I I think I'm I think I'm. I liked the characters a lot and I think I could have gone with a nine, but the reason why I'm not giving it a nine is because I didn't like, I I just was confused sometimes on some of the actions that were done. For example, the one character, I was definitely convinced that she was in love with her best friend. I was like, Oh, okay. This is gay between that but it wasn't i was i don't know so that's the only thing that kind of like threw me off and there are also some things that um for these girls to have been together for so long it feels like they still almost don't know each other which could be a it could be good or bad. Um, I just found it interesting. But it is the kind of book where I'm like, I want to be part of that friend group. I want to be part of those friends. And they still do feel like really community. They fight for each other and they fight with each other. Um, they fight like they they respect each other and they don't they're not like grossed out about you know, the one freaking girl is like gills and it's, and that's just like, okay. And they're still okay sharing with each other and being close to each other. And, and I feel like that's realistic. I feel like to a point, if everyone around you is sick with this thing, then you're just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. You can have a bite of my sandwich. You know what I mean? So that's just, so that's why I rated characterization that way. Yeah, that's really all I have to say about this book. And I think that I think that if you decide to read this, which I, I think that you should, and I think you should read it soon because it is popping right now and it's it's fun to sometimes it's fun to be part of the popular curve, I guess. But I would just say um be prepared for some very sensory details about often nasty things okay but yeah that's all i have to say about that schleiser take it away <laughs>
if there's one thing I love, it's sensory details about nasty things. Love it. We eat I it up. love it. Um, I wonder if this is the kind of thing that they might eventually make into like a show or a movie. I think so. I'm just, I would be worried about it because um, they're, I just would like, like the one girl, her hand is affected by the thing and it's, I think it's silver and scaly and I'm like, I, I feel like they would mess that up or like for this, like the one girl who I said, who doesn't have an eye and this is on the very first page. She said, I keep mine up just in case keep the sight raised to my left eye. My other eyes dead, gone dark in a flare up lid fused shut something growing underneath. And these like, Ew. Like these, oh my right, God. <laughs> these little like something growing underneath or like she's always like I could feel something moving under there and <gasps> it grew itself shut she always says things like that and um the other girls when they talk about theirs they also say it's like it's almost like you have this part of your body that's your body but it's it's not like it's doing its own thing and I don't know if they could convey that enough in 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 something you know what i mean like, it would have to be done by the right place right like it cannot be like a like netflix probably shouldn't do it because for example like winx club they fucked that up um whoever does riverdale shouldn't do it who's that fx no no fx might be able to pull it off and i think showtime might be able to pull it off because it's giving yellow jackets yes yes it does give yellow jackets so i think they could do it also you're right to be skeptical of deer because there are such things as like carnivorous deer it's like a weird thing that they get from being bitten by let me see carnivorous deer carnivorous deer there was one thing that happened once. I think it's if they get like bit by like a specific kind of like something, it makes them carnivorous. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I don't like that. No. I also wonder if you're skeptical of deer too because um why did I just zone out? The only good Indians. And just like the concept of there's that Native American uh um, yeah dear spirit yeah i think that is a lot of it um but i feel like even when i was a kid and i would see deer i would be like i don't know it's almost like it's like deer are the innocence in a weird way and so they if one wasn't that like just think about how bad that would be like no one would know you know what i mean no it's the wendigo that is part deer They're creepy looking. Very scary. Um, Yeah, I do not be liking none of that. That's so spooky. I want to read that book. It does sound like I I love I love the the description of the diseases, even from what you said. So, so cool. And I also think um, One thing that I really love is, do you know, and you'll know, but other people won't know, you know, in Trolls, when Poppy scrapbooks and the animation gets felty? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Like, I love the the mix, the mixing of textures and that like felty feeling. Um, And every time she talks about like something growing under her eye, I think of like, if someone were to translate moss into that kind of felty animation Uh. do you know what i mean and i'm like i wonder which i wouldn't want this to be an animation it would be so cool if it was um like realistic but wouldn't it be friggin' cool if they somehow did it realistic but they could have moments where when they're thinking or talking about the the thing it gets to that weird like felty animation yes that would be so freaking cool Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, bitch. 
Wow. Slay. Slay. Liza, tell us about your book. Yeah, um, I read a book. I read the book New Animal by Ella Baxter. This book has a little bit, like it kind of fits the theme of heat because it takes place in Australia. The reason I picked this book, well, first of all, I had this book in my TBR, my physical TBR for actually a really long time. Because when it first came out in paperback, I bought it immediately. Um, But I originally thought I could use it for the water theme because um, the front cover has a girl in the ocean, but it doesn't really talk about the ocean that much, but it does have this feeling of of heat to it. And it reminds me in a way of the book I read for the episode two weeks ago, our found objects episode, uh, when I read the Van Apfel Girls Are Gone, which also takes place in Australia. There's like a, a, a heat to the way Australians, I guess, describe Australia that, I, I mean, I know it's hot there, but like there's like, there, it has like a, I think I said there was a kind of decaying quality to the Van Apple Girls Are Gone. And this one, the heat had sort of like a hazy, like radiation quality to it, if that makes any sense. Like, like a vibrate, like it was like a, the heat in this book was like vibrating. You know, when you like look and you can see the heat dancing, it had that energy. Yeah, so it takes place in Australia, partly in mainland Australia and partly in Tasmania. Um, and it follows this girl who is this woman. She is a funeral. She is a mortuary makeup artist. Um, her family owns a, a, mor- a funeral home and she does their makeup. Um, and she owns and she works there with her mom and her stepfather. And her mom unexpectedly dies at the beginning of the book. Um, and so she, she's like, I, she can't, even though she speaks so beautifully about death and the dead and what that means, she can't actually face her own mother's corpse or her own mother's funeral, even though she's surrounded by other people's corpses and other people's funerals and other people's grieving family members every day of her life she just can't do it so she travels to her um estranged father in tasmania um and she's gonna live with him there for a bit she also has like a little bit like she likes to spend her time having sex with random people that she doesn't ever really like she doesn't really have any like boyfriends or anything but she has these like different guys that she'll call up um and she kind of picks up the same habits in tasmania but she also this one guy who doesn't end up being like a great guy but this one guy takes her to like a sex club and she get she becomes interested in like the local bdsm scene in tasmania and so that's sort of the premise of the book there's a lot of other really cool stuff happening um without further ado i'll begin um for readability i gave this book a seven um this is one of those literary fiction books that like technically speaking there's not that much going on but i think if something is kind of peculiar enough in a real very real way there doesn't need to be that much uh plot happening but because of that because there was not like there was there was emotional stakes for sure but because there weren't like any and there were physical stakes too because you were often kind of like nervous for her and for her body and what she was doing but it's not like there had to be twists and turns at every corner for this book to be intriguing it was intriguing simply because of like this this story and this person that you were following which i think is like like i said i feel like something's Sometimes things have to be peculiar enough for you to want to read a book that doesn't have super duper high stakes. And this is definitely an example of one of those books. And that is kind of the the kind of literary fiction that I really like. For language and style, I gave this book an 8.5. I loved the way um, this author wrote from the hurt, the perspective of her character, but wrote about dead people and the way 
dead people look and the way dead people feel. And this kind of like really actually like beautiful way of looking at the dead uh, on one hand, but then when this woman has to tackle her own grief when her own mother dies, how how she wrote about that too. And it was, you know, so different. And it really like just got to like the pit of your stomach. Like you felt this grief for her. But overall her language was just very intriguing. I really liked it. She just said things kind of weird, which I always love. And I think our main character too had some just really bizarre like ways of look of of saying things and looking at things so like whenever she was like having sex with a new partner the reason the book is called new animal is because she was like by being with another person she's trying to create a new animal but not like it like like procreate a new animal like these two bodies together creating a new animal almost like like a hydra type creature which is so freaking cool i just love i just remember like reading that for the first time and being like what and then that sort of imagery comes up a few other times in the book for form i gave this book a six i could have just left this out um because there wasn't really anything interesting happening with form here but it, it, it by no means would i say the form of this book needs work um it was it was doing what needed it was giving what needed to be gave which is fine. Not everything needs to be crazy, but we like it when it is. Um, for shelf worthiness, I gave this book a seven. I would definitely be adding this book to the collection. Um, I would definitely consider reading it again. Um, and I would definitely say this is a book that you, if you're remotely interested in what I'm talking about, you do want to go out and buy it because this is a debut author and she's not super well known. And I think it's always really cool to support authors who are like, you know, like last week I read Taylor Jenkins Reid, who's awesome, and Malibu Rising was so good, but she doesn't need your freaking money. She's got enough. <laughs> you can take out that book from the library if you don't feel like it's something you were going to want to, like, keep. But, like, this woman's making super cool art and doing super cool stuff in the world of literary fiction, and she needs support. So I would actually say go out and buy this one. Um, I'm glad I have it. It's another one of those books that I completely destroyed in the best way. Um, it got, it's all bent and ripped and it got super um, wet because I took it in my purse when I went to Pride and my water bottle spilled in my purse. And so the per the book just got soaked and now it's all crispy, but I, I like that. I like when that happens. So yeah, I'll be keeping this one. I'll be hanging on to it. For plot, I gave this book an eight. Um, I loved all the general themes of this book. Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but you guys know that I really like uh, the death industry, the death care industry. And so the fact that, th that this book takes a lot from that world, I really loved. I did not really see a lot of what was coming coming, which I think is always fun. And I thought it was just really interesting to see a woman like grappling with the death of her mother and then trying to find control some sort of control and that kind of control being control of herself and so i think that go that's a lot of the reason why she sort of went into this bdsm community and what she wanted to do was be a dom well, she, she, I'll let you guys like figure that out for yourself, but she sort of is going back and forth between being a dom and being a sub. And it's very actually traumatic. I will give a trigger warning, um, but it's kind of like traumatic to see her experiences as a sub because just the way she sort of tells you how it makes her feel. And this sort of, I'm not even bashing the BDSM community at all. Like, I think that's like amazing. Like you guys should do whatever the heck you want. And like, I know a lot of power can come from being a sub, but this woman, something she's, she's trying to gain control of herself and the way the dominating people are being to her is removing control from herself even more. 
if that makes sense. But then again, when she was trying to be a dominating force, she didn't really feel like herself either. It's all just this, like, the book is very uncomfortable because it's like, here's a woman who got her world flipped upside down and she's trying to regain control of herself in one of the only ways she knows how. And it's she's just, like, kind of flopping around like a fish. Like, she doesn't know. It's just, it's, it's very, it's like an uncomfortable read and an uncomfortable situation um and it kind of makes you go ah but then it's you know read it and you'll see what because i don't want to like spoil too much but that is what is going on there um there's also a lot of really cool stuff happening in the plot like like i said like this like new animal like this hydra imagery is really interesting and the other really cool thing that i like is she when she's in mainland australia she goes and revisits this cliff where this boy from her town flung himself off the cliff a few years ago. And she then, what after her mother dies, she goes there and she like flings her mother's earrings off of the cliff. And there's just this weird connection to like how this death of this boy that she didn't really know affected her. And then how the death of her mother affected her and this weird connection between the two and this sort of violence to it, to that death. And this like flailing and like falling imagery to those deaths. And then to sort of, I think how she currently feels after her mom dies. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a book that the plot is really hard to like, fully described to another person and it's one of those things that you really just need to read yourself if you're interested for characterization i gave this book an 8.5 um i thought ella baxter did a beautiful job with these characters um all of the characters were really well thought out the dads in particular her real dad and her stepdad really stood out to me and these kind of being the last sort of ties she has to her own mother but in very different ways because they each viewed her mother in different ways and and sort of had two different versions of her and her mother in their minds but also all the other characters too like she's really upheld by other women in the book too so from the women who work at the funeral home in mainland australia um to the women some of the women that she meets in tasmania like all of the character connections I just thought were really well done. And it, it, she, she is one of those really just real characters that like nothing about her to me felt unrealistic. And you have to get that you have to have some that you have to have like flaws and you have to have people not being sure of a single decision they're making. Like, I think sometimes it's fun to have characters who are very, like, like, I feel like that's a common character's trait. Like, people will describe somebody, they'll be like, she was very sure of herself, and da-da-da-da-da. I actually think characters are even more intriguing when they're exactly the opposite. They're so unsure of themselves. They have no fucking clue what's going on. Like, that just seems all the more realistic and intriguing and cathartic to me. So that's why I gave this book an 8.5 on the characterization scale. And yeah, this was this was a fun read. It's another one of those books that I'm just like glad I found because, like I said, I don't think it's very popular. It's not something you would just like hear other people talk having discourse about. Um, so it's always a nice little treat when you like pick a book because it just kind of the cover or whatever speaks to you, and then you're like, that was cool, and I don't think I would have ever researched and then picked that up. But yeah, it's something I wouldn't have like researched topics or like research if we had researched heat or books i would have never fallen across this book but the sheer fact that i just like stumbled upon it was a real treat marissa and i love when that happens um so yeah um no that book actually sounds amazing and i want to read that like we're currently a new one of the same new creature. You're a new creature. And I'll never make this creature again with anyone else. You know what I mean? Oh, 
it's like, and you'll never make that creature again with that person either. Right. It's a new animal every time. Because it's also the same, like, it is like you're the same animal, you're like, not to get graphic, but you are the same animal when you do that. Right. Because uh, if you're just like touching somebody on their like arm, you're not the same animal. But if you're doing what you're doing, you're a new animal. Things are things are morphing and moving. Things are morphing. It's crazy. It's a crazy thought. And just the way like multiple arms and legs and heads, like it's a new it's a new animal. It's a hydra. It's a it's a two headed calf. It's a it's something else entirely. How crazy is that? Isn't that weird? Yeah. I like it. We love it. Like, I think everyone should just, I I mean, I say this and I don't have it, but I think everyone should just go and get a library card because the more library cards that libraries have to have, the more uh, our communities will fund libraries. Mm -hmm. And that's cool for not only us in a pinch, um, but also maybe people who don't have the money to buy books. Um, That would be nice. Um, and also my uncle has a library card and he's always offering to let me use it because he gets, uh, like free, obviously free, but eBooks. Yeah. And so he's just constantly, and you can get them at the snap of your fingers on the app. And it's like, takes two seconds. It's amazing. Any book you want guys, really. Any book you want. There's also this thing called Libby, which a lot of libraries are connected to, where you can get free audiobooks. So then you don't have to give money to Amazon to get your audiobooks on uh, Audible. You can get it from your library on your phone. Stop buying from Amazon. Amazon can suck my fuck. You know what? If you're going to buy stupid things on Amazon, fine. But don't buy books on Amazon. Don't buy books on Amazon. Don't do it. Go to the library. It's literally, it's that simple. Look. If you don't want to spend money on a book, because sometimes they are cheaper on Amazon than at other bookstores. I do realize that. Um, go to the friggin' library. But you want to know why, guys? You want to know why? Because Amazon can afford to make other things more expensive. Mm-hmm. And then make books cheaper, mm. which is killing not only places like Barnes and Nobles, but also places like your indie bookstores, which we love. Mm-hmm. Therefore, mm-hmm. buying from Amazon is not good for books or the book industry. Why do you want to buy everything online? Don't you want that feeling of going to a place and flipping through and getting to pick out your book that way? Pick a book. Go pick out. Go. Sometimes, sometimes. Lots of times people just come into Barnes and Noble and they just walk. They just walk, just walk and books find them. You can't do that on Amazon. Books can't find you on Amazon. Look up which book you want. Even if something comes up in, in like a books related to this other book, that book can find you. Amazon's telling you to buy that book. You're going to let Amazon tell you what to do. Could be me. Not Jeffrey freaking Bezos. Not the freaking SW. Stick it to the man, y'all. No more books from Amazon. That's our that's our two cents on that. That's our that on that, and that's that on that. Um, everyone go read Liza's book. Go buy it. Go support the author. And look at their website. Yeah. That could be fun homework for... Because this is the last episode of the Aruba Tapes. We're taking a little break. We'll be back in like a month. But what if you make it a mission to read a book by an author, a debut author who you never heard of before? That's your homework. That's your homework. You have to go read a book by a debut author who you never heard of. Preferably from a small publisher because my book is from a small publisher, but it doesn't have to be. Just find a book, debut, author you never heard of, Slay. 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 You guys also need to know, if you really like an author, they're only going to make money and get another book deal 
if their book sells enough copies by a specific time. So when an author publishes a book, they get a specific amount of money, right? They don't start making more money until the amount of books that more books than that cost the price that they were initially paid are sold. If they never hit that goal, it's unlikely that they're going to get published by the same publisher. So if you like a book and it's a new author, debut author, the book just came out, tell your friends about it. Go on book talk. Like, like I said, Taylor Jenkins Reid does not need your money. She, she's got her book deals. She's fine. Colleen Hoover does not need your help. Talk about authors who actually need help getting to that goal so that they can be published again. Period. Yes. That's, that's, that's yeah. it. That's why that's, that's your book. That's it. But um, no, that's all the that's all the little things we got to give you guys. That's your homework. Um, thanks for tuning into the Aruba tapes. Aruba tapes. Thanks for sticking around with us for season two point five. And season three is gonna be really really fun. And um, in this season, we're gonna have some spooky things coming at you. Spooky things, special guests. Yeah. Political commentary. <laughs> Always. Um, one hatred direction, of men. Hatred of men. One Direction fan theories. Harry Styles concert recaps. Yes. Um, perhaps me in Buffalo. Perhaps Marissa in Brooklyn. Definitely. Um, um... That's and many more <laughs> and many more for you. We're excited. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll see you soon. Tune the heck in. August eleventh. Mark your freaking calendars right now. Write it down. August eleventh, season three. LSMR. Better than Stranger Things. Premiere. People are more excited for season three of LSMR than they were for Stranger Things season four. And you know what? Hold on. If you haven't watched, um, skip this because I'm about to say a spoiler. Just jump ahead like just don't 15 seconds from this point. Um, we're bringing back Eddie. Eddie Munson, season three, LSMR. 18. 18. I'm going to actually, we're going to DM Joseph Quinn and ask him if he wants to be on the podcast. Can we please? I think he'll come on. I think he would. I think he would. He's He'll not do he's that famous. He's only got like millions of fans. It's fine. Mm. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Out. Unhinged. Disgusting.